Listening to Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty on Westernwick 102 FM. How are you doing, folks? You're very welcome to this week's episode of Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty. You're tuned to Westernwick 102 FM. A massive, massive thank you again last week um, to Peter Love, Peter Love of Kelsley Publications, all part of Tractor Machinery and um, Ford and Fordson and Old Glory. These are all magazines, all tractor-related magazines for those of you that might know exactly what they are, but sure, that's what they are. And Peter Love is one of the main, I suppose he's one of the main influencers, we'll call him, in the magazine. Um, he's he's involved with that, and sure, look, that's what he does, and that's brilliant, fantastic. Um, that's it, He's we put it up in a podcast, um, it's there for you to, to download or to listen to. And um, we'll talk more of the podcasts at the end of the program. Um, now, this week I have... I, I interviewed this man earlier on in the week. Um, fantastic. Brilliant chap. Um, Pat Conroy. Pat is from... He's from Limerick. He is... Uh, I'm not exactly too sure. He, he tells us in the thing exactly where he's from. Um, Pat has a couple of very, very interesting cars... He has um, a couple of limousines. There's a fantastic story behind some of them. Um, for example, I think one of them was used in. It was used in the making of. Um, or the making of. It was used when JFK was here. There were Irish-built cars. It's a fantastic story. And do you know what? I suppose I've interviewed a good few people now on cars and on tractors and everything. But if you listen to Pat. Um, listen to his story, listen to his voice. You can hear the passion he has for for his limousines um, in in the story. So, Pat, fierce-sized guy, brilliant. And uh, here's what Pat had to say to me. Like I said, I spoke to Pat earlier on. Though. Pat, how are you doing? How you going, Morgan? That's about Pat. Uh, Pat Conroy, you, what, your address, Pat, you're, you're originally Kilmallock, is it? Kilmallock now in, yeah. Pat, I suppose uh, you you have some fantastic cars, some very very interesting cars, and even to go with them, you have even more more interesting or more fantastic stories. Aye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat, um, I suppose before we get into the cars and get into your own your own cars and everything, where did your I suppose, where did your love of these cars... First of all, folks, what he has is a couple of Chrysler limousines. But where did your, your love for this breed of car come from, Pat? Well, why, not, why not a Morris Minor, like? <laughs> that would be too straightforward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, um, I've always been into the old American cars. Uh, there was a movie years ago called Christine, a Stephen King film. Yeah. And it was in 1958 Plymouth. So um, I was on the lookout for something like that. I've done Jags and Cortinas before. Uh, these aren't exactly everywhere on Ireland. So I knew there was a few here that were made into hearses. So that was where I started looking. Those um, Undertakers and chasing up those leads. Brilliant. So um, I found one in 1919, Patrick's Well. 
fellow called Colin Williams. You might have heard of Stanley Williams. Yes. Stanley and Colin. And it's, it's Colin and Glenn, the sons. So I called them one Saturday morning in 1990. And we were talking about American cars, and he said, have you seen our Plymouth? So he led me around the back of the shed, and there is a 1959 Plymouth Belvedere hearse. That was the first one I'd ever seen. Yeah. And um, I was I was looking for a project anyway. So we did a deal. I bought the car, and we pulled it out of there, dragged it away, and it wasn't even driving. It was... Uh, the strangest looking car I'd ever seen. Uh, huge. Yeah. Um, so I rented a shade off a guy called Lean Chalk outside Raquel. And we parked it in there. Now the shade was just barely bigger than the car. Yeah. So I backed it in there and started pulling off all the hairs off it. It was mainly filler and 4x2. Uh, pulled the hairs off it to reveal a boot shirt um, four door saloon. Had somebody had gone out with a grinder. Uh. Yeah. So I started working the chassis and cleaning all the chassis and painting all the chassis. And I was on the lookout for a donor. And this is when a pink uh, Plymouth limousine came up in Dublin at the time. First of all, now, before I, anyone, when he says we're looking for a donor, for those that might know, it wasn't, he wasn't looking for a kidney, it was a donor car. <laughs> a donor car I was looking for a roof section and a boot door so I wanted to put the car back into a car yeah and this pink one came up in Dublin used it he was a number uh, it was famous for being parked outside a nightclub called Crazy Joe's right in RTN and Crazy Joe's was written on the side of the car so I went up to Dublin in 1990 I bought this this limousine now this is t- two foot longer than my own car I brought it on home and I couldn't cut the roof off this. It was, it was in really good nick. Yeah. Um, the inside was tan leather. Uh, it was driving perfect and it was left-hand drive. Now, my hearse is WII 609, an original Dublin Ridge, and it's right-hand drive. Brilliant. The, the one I bought in Dublin was pink and it was left-hand drive, one of the rare left-hand drives made here. So um, I sold it again. Yeah. So that was, I sold it on and I swapped a few bits before I let it off. Yeah. And then, uh, next thing I know, I, I'm working away from home, I'm working in Chile, I'm work, I, I end up in Australia. Next thing I know, it's 2016 and uh, the car, as far as I know, was gone. I hadn't talked to Liam Chalk, the guy who owned the shade. Um, as far as I know, the car was scrapped or dumped somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I met Liam Chalk at a funeral in 2016. And um, I said to him, where, whatever happened to the Plymouth in shade? And he said, it's still there. <laughs> and, and, and I said, I said, you built down to the shade. I could see the shade from the road, but I couldn't see into it. I said, you built down to the shade. He says, we built around it. <laughs> and I said, is that my car, your car? He goes, uh, you, you will see what that. Anyway, I, I, we arranged, look, I arranged to see the car. So I went to one Saturday to have a look at it. And um it was it was gone. It was wrecked. Um, all that was left was half a roof anyway. All the front was off the car that I had stripped off. Yeah. Parts were still there. Uh, the body had rotted completely now. The pillars were gone. The car had spread. The back lift and wing had fallen down nearly. Yeah. Uh, sills were gone. Floor. No boot door. No boot floor. Um, just a rat's nest, the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm back to Liam and I said, Liam, look, there's only one fellow wants that car. That's me. Um, 
so we made it. We we did a deal at night to go in a car over here to Kilmark. This is in 2016. Yeah. So that's where she sat there for a couple of years, and um, I'm looking at this side thing in the shade and thinking, I I, I can't do much with this because it's I can't find parts for it. Yeah. And so sitting there for two years, now I put the front back on it so it looked a bit better, <laughs> and. Uh, a guy rings me one day and he says, uh, there's a car the same as yours on Facebook. And now, uh, this could be easily mistaken for a Chevy or a Buick or anything. So I went down to class, uh, Limerick Classic Car Club. Yeah. And there's a picture of a 1959 Plymouth limousine in a shade. WYI542. Now, very close range to mine. Yes. And it looked fairly good. So I... <clears throat> I got onto the Facebook page, Limerick Classic Car Club, and find out that the guy who runs it is Colin Williams, the guy I bought my car off 26 years before. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And um, I said, uh, we, we reunited again. I was talking to Colin, and uh, I said, where's the car? And he said, that picture was taken in Galway and Tume about 1992. I said, um, have you any more information? He said, it's belonged to a guy called... Frank Parson. He owns the Toyota dealer. So that's all I had. Yeah. Okay. So I rang the Toyota garage, which is still going. And I finally got through to a guy called Frank Parson. He's retired now. And I cut a long story short, he actually let me see the car one Saturday. And the guy who brought me up to the shade, he opened the door and he said, there's the car. I said, where? He said, there. I said, where? And all I could see was massive pile of junk. Timber, uh, a shower, uh, toilets, uh, pallets, floorboards, yeah. and inside under it all, oh, inside under it all, I could see a bit of chrome off the back window of a 1959 Plymouth. So I said to the guy, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to dig this up. And uh, he left me there for two hours and he went away. So I started digging out this, uh, this limousine to reveal every bit of chrome was on it, the hubcaps on it, the body was straight as a pin. Um, I finally got a door open and that's when I realized that the inside of this is red leather. Now, none of the cars I know of ever had red leather except right. this one. Door cars, the whole I was mint. And uh, the bonnet, under the bonnet was a Toyota 2.6 Toyota Crown engine that somebody had put in but it looks like it never finished. Yeah. So, I knew I wanted the car and this could never be a donor either. This was this is really good condition. Yeah. So I did a deal with Frank uh, to take away the car. So we, we agreed and I, I, I got it home. And I washed it on a Saturday afternoon. Today I got it home. And it looks really good now. It looks really good. And on the Monday, I poured petrol down. I throw it. Stuck a battery in it and it started. Oh my and God. I took it for a drive. And the brakes were working. It was just the bizarrest car I've ever found. It really let me have it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But the thing about this car, there's one downfall. It came with no logbook. And I got onto the tax office in Limerick. They said, you're going to have to say VD car because it's not coming up on the computer. Yeah. Computer says no. And uh, I got onto Shannon. They said the same thing. And then I got onto a contact in Dublin where it was first registered. And I explained that I have two 1959 Plymouths, both right-hand drive, both WYI regs. And uh, they said, no, you're going to have to ZV the car. Uh, I, I said, I, I can't do that. You can't do that to this car. Yeah. So 
so I got into our local guy, our local councillor at the time, Richard O'Donoghue, who organises all the vintage rallies uh, for charity. So I told my story to Richard and he says, leave it with me. So he got on to somebody in Dublin and basically told him, get off their arse, go back and open the cabinet and find the paperwork for this car. Yeah. And give the man the logbook because this is part of Irish history. These were these were state cars. These were embassy cars. At yeah. time, state department. All right, okay, so, yeah. So um, I got a phone call a couple of days later saying, be in Limerick at 12 o'clock tomorrow. You've, there's a logbook ready for you. So anyway, yeah. this car is back on the road for nearly a couple of months, and it really cleaned up well. Now it took a bit of work to get her get her really clean, but um, she's going and perfect. Fantastic. And I, and I took this to a rally one day in Charleville, and a guy comes up to me, an old fella, and he said, "Did you buy that car, Frank Parson, Galway?" I said, "I did." He said, "That car came from Dublin, and that was in the JFK cavalcade in 1963." When JFK came to Ireland? JFK was here in 63 yeah. and um, did a tour. Yeah. And um, so I've been looking for uh, stuff on YouTube and I could I can see three times a 59 Plymouth limousine. Yeah. Now I can't prove it. Now a picture did come up thanks to our friend Dave Corn. Yes. Um, of a Plymouth with a, with a clear edge which is not mine. So I still can't prove whether my car was in that parade or not. So, um, but given that it was a red interior car, very rare, it could have been an American embassy car, which would have made sense. It would have made a lot of sense, yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, I'm going to ask you probably an obvious question now, but did you try and get onto the American embassy? Yeah, I went down to all those roads, roads, didn't find anything. I did go down the Freedom from Information Act because I got no information on my new logbook. And it turns out that my car was at one time owned by a funeral directors and they owned another one of my limits anyway that's another story mm-hmm. uh, that's all i got um but they did they were involved in the jfk parade at time oh yeah brilliant so the, it's possible it's possible now since i just on the road i took it to a vintage and you know, i was taking to all the shows and i met tom heavey one day uh, from the Irish Vintage Magazine, yes. Irish Vintage Scene Magazine. And I said, can I take out an ad in the paper to find out more about my car? And uh, he said, uh, no, we'll do a feature on it. So uh, next thing I know, my limousine is on the front cover of the Irish Vintage Magazine <laughs> in 2019. <laughs> um, so we, we didn't get any more information about that since, and I'm still looking, I'm still looking. But uh, at least she's she's been pretty famous so far. Now, going back to our friend Richard, when Richard Dunham who asked me, sorry, when I asked him to look after me with the logbook, yeah, and he looked after me very well. And I said, "Is there any way I can return a favour?" Yeah. He said, "If I ever get voted into the doll, you can take me into the doll in it." I goes, uh, "Yeah, yeah, right." So between here and there, there's been an election. This guy gets folded into the door, and I, I meet, I meet Richard. And I said, to him, "Listen, mate, are you, are you still on for that? Do you still want me to do that?" He goes, "Yeah, absolutely." So right. So you're heading and, uh, to Dublin now. So he said, "I just went into it." He was Thursday. This is about five days in front of you. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So this was last, this was last February last year. So I took five days off, and I got the car ready to go to Dublin. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, so I fixed it all up as best I could, and uh, I, uh, 
really, really good, a good old heart. And um, Richard rings me the night before and he says, we have to be in Dublin. We're supposed to be in Dublin for half ten in the doll. But they're ringing me now and they're saying, I have to be there for nine o'clock. I yeah. said, that's okay, I'll, I'll just leave in the middle of the night now. Yeah. And um, I'll pick you up in Houston Station, that was the plan. So I hit off up the road and you're in the middle of the night and pissing rain and uh, <laughs> with a car with 19 foot four long, no power steering. And uh, lights were great now, but look, face yeah. off the Dublin road. It is what it is. And uh, I'm in touch with Richard all the way up. He's on the train heading for Houston. I'm heading for Houston as well. So at half past eight in the morning, I'm supposed to meet him in Houston. And I'm going in the nest, Jewel Carlton, this thing. And rush on. At half eight in the morning, five minutes away from Richard. And we stop at traffic lights and the car cuts out. <laughs> right? Now it's an automatic, so it's, it, that normally wouldn't happen anyway. Yeah. Do you think Do you think it would start? No. no. So she wouldn't start. Um, I'm sitting there with the loose line outside my elbow. Um, I'm holding up the whole place, Dublin. Yeah. And uh, I ring Richard and say, Richard, she cut out. Dead here in the water, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll head away over, he said. We're not supposed to be there to have ten anyway. I'll head away over and do my business, he said. So let me know how you get on. Yeah. So I'm sitting there for an hour and I can't get this thing started. She won't, she won't fire. So uh, I'm trying to get on to the breakdown crew and uh, this guy pulls up beside me in a breakdown van. He said, are you in trouble? I goes, yeah, I'm in trouble. So yeah, he gets out. Yeah, yeah. He gives me. He gives me a jump start and he says, your car's, your car's charging, but not enough. It's only charging enough to put the light out. No, I, I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. So we got we, we to go on. I wound up the, the car right a bit higher on, a, on the idle. And I headed for the doll here. This is 10 o'clock in the morning now. Yeah. I hit across the city centre. And, um, Jesus, I've been moving it through all the streets and I finally get to the doll. So I parked down the road and uh, I let Richard know that I'm there and the paparazzi above the gate. So Richard says, right, we're on. I'll come out. Um, Richard came out and he got into the car and all the all the cameras were there up at the gate. So yeah. he says, right, we'll, we'll go in. So and uh, I drove up the road. I had to swing this thing out on the road, you see, to get into the gates of the door, because it's... Three lanes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I took, up, I took up the other side as well, and I swung it around, and, and you know, on the paparazzi jumped around the car, and all the new screws, everything, RT, the whole lot. And then they surround the car. Now, the arse of this thing sticking out on the road, and there's all the buses are stopped outside, and yeah. uh, <laughs> the, 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 there's nothing they can do about it, like... Anyway, yeah. we go in and go through the cameras, and they drop the barrier inside, I try to in. <laughs> Uh, Richard gets out and he does his spiel with the car and stuff because of the history side of it and um, uh, the security guy comes over afterwards and goes uh, there's no place left to park in here <laughs> You're right. I, yeah, I, I need about three spaces <laughs> what do you want me to do I said he says you're going to have to park up there where the teacher parks oh. I thought that's fine with me <laughs> lift the rope <laughs> yeah he lifts the rope and he pounds right and turns it off. <laughs> anyway, a couple of hours pass and they do their thing and they all go inside. And uh, I jumps into the car to go, but sure it won't start now for me. <laughs> and the security guy said to get a jump start to come in and start up the limo. Oh my God. And once I had her started up, I didn't turn it off. 
till I got to Limerick. Brilliant. Got it in here in the yard and turned it off, yeah. So <laughs> we got it home in one go. Absolutely uh, fantastic story. Fantastic. Right. Mad story. Mad story. Tell me, yeah. Pat, if we can for one second, we, we'll just yeah. go to a quick ad break. And Absolutely, um, yeah. we'll come back to you. If you can stay with us and we, we'll talk some more. Really? Okay, okay. Thanks, Pat. As you're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty with Country Life. And um, we're talking to Pat Conroy about his limousines, I suppose, Chrysler limousines. And uh, this is... How you doing, folks? You're very, very welcome back. Morgan O'Flaherty here with Country Life. On the phone with us this morning, we have Pat Conroy from Kilmallock. Um, Pat has a fantastic... I suppose a range or a fantastic display of Chrysler limousines and Chrysler cars. Pat, you you were telling us there before the ad break, um, one of your cars was um or was or is a hearse. Now you sent me a few pictures, but I I think yeah. you've done a bit of um, I suppose a renovation or a bit of a, a I suppose a downsizing to it really. Well. Yes, um, as I say, this was bought in 1990. I bought it in 1990, and I picked it up again in 2016. And this is still sitting. This was sitting in the shade all this time. Oh, this here. is still this is still the same car. Oh, I thought you got rid of that one because it was too rusty. You still kept it. Oh no, it's bad. It it was really <laughs> really bad, and it, it was sitting in the shade here uh, while I'm out driving the limo around. It was getting jealous nearly. Yeah. Um, so, um, I still couldn't find a roof for it, and um. I couldn't get the roof off my, my good limo. Yeah. So one another night, I'm sitting looking on Facebook, right? And a car, there was a Facebook site called Sitting There Rotting on a Driveway. And it was a black Plymouth limousine, a 59 one, uh, sitting in a yard between two sheds. And it looked right sorry for itself now, but it had a big pink patch on the wing. Right. And I, I zoomed in on the picture and... It was actually my pink one, used at C723, the, the one I had bought in the 90s and sold yes. off again. So there's my car now sitting somewhere, I don't know where, probably Ireland, and um, just thrown there covered in green shit and uh, stuff. And um, so I got onto that Facebook page and they couldn't tell me anything more than they just got sent in the picture. Yeah. So I got that picture and I put it on our, our own site here in Ireland. Um, Irish vehicle registrations, past and present, is probably the most um, the most active of all classic cars here in the country. Yeah. So I put it out there saying, does anybody know what this car is? It used to be mine. I'd like to get my hands on it again. And a guy comes back to me, sends me a message saying, I know where your car is. It's in Lisbon. And he gave me the address. But he said, there's nobody living there. They're just sheds. And yeah. he was delivering in there in a truck. Uh, so... I, I Google map the address. So I go on, I go on a satellite image and I zoom in on, on the sheds and I can see the car yeah. on, on Google maps. I can see the pink patch on the wing and the angle of the walls for its car. So this is all I have. And I, was, I, I knew I couldn't drive up there because I couldn't find anyone to talk to them. Yeah. So in Google maps, <laughs> I come out the road in Google maps and I go over a bit. And there's a tractor garage. And I got the phone number of the tractor garage from the street view. The detective you should have been, Pat, the detective. And I ring the tractor garage in Lisbon. And uh, I'm telling this girl in the office my story. Okay, I, I, I can just see her face and she's rolling the eyes up and she's thinking, oh my God. Like. 
What's this fella after? Anyways, by any chance would any of the lads in the garage know about the American car parked in the sheds over the road and down in the passage? Yeah. She brings me back an hour later. She's, his name is Arnie. <laughs> she gave me his phone number. Oh my God. So look, to cut to the chase, I, 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 I met Arnie, I went over and bought the camera at home. Now, this is the pink one I had before, so this is my second time buying this car. <laughs> now, it's pretty bad. It's, it was rough now, in fairness, but still fixable. But now as a limousine, I might do something else with it. So now, I had my roof for my house. Yes. For my Belvedere. Now, the Belvedere is a normal rebase, you know. The limousines are stretched. So, um, I bought this in, and I brought it home, and I started cutting the roof off it at the end of 2018. Yeah. And I fitted that roof onto my hearse car, but in a two-door position, not the four-door. I want to make a coupe out of it. Yes. So I started walking on the floor, the sails, uh, two sheets of steel gone into this car. I'm actually a welder by trade. Um, realigned the whole panels, refixed it to the chassis, the whole thing. Uh, the, the 12 points where it sits on the chassis, all it be reinforced. Welded all the, the pillars, pulled it all back together and tied it all up. The whole thing's solid now, really solid. Um, but I had a problem with no engine. The engine that was in that house is a straight six side valve, if you know them. Yeah. And they're, they're not very good. So uh, I think fate has a great role playing all these things. Um, I was in another funeral and I met a guy who, and I, I was telling him about my car and he said, I was saying I was looking for an engine. And he said, what are you looking for? I think it may be a 4.2 Jag, six-cylinder. And he goes, well, I have a V12 Jag XJS that I'm not doing anything with. I goes, no, 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 that's too big, that's too big. And um, so I went away and I was thinking about that for a while. I was thinking maybe I could, you know, maybe I could put the V12 into it. Yeah. Uh, so you know social media is pretty good for groups if you need to know anything. So Correct. I got yeah. I got onto my crowd in, in, in the States who were into the 57, 58, 59 plummets and I put it out there saying, has anybody ever put a V12 into a 1959 plummet before? And mainly they told me, stop talking like that. And one fellow said, just go away now and said, fire to yourself, it'd be easier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somebody somewhere in the world had put a V10 Dodge Viper engine into one of them. So that was enough for me anyway. I said, I'll do it, you know. Cause yeah, so what's, it another, what's another two cylinders? Yeah, if it hadn't been done, um, yeah. surely there's a way. Surely it's a man-made thing. So we went off and bought this XJS 1978 Jag, rotten to the core. It was running, brought it home, uh, jacked it up, and the jack went up through it. Oh uh, stone rotten. But uh, finally cut open the car, Pulled out the X, the, the V12 5.3, and I measured it up. Now there's no way this would fit inside my car, so I had to cut the bulkhead of the Plymouth. We had to cut the front cross member to get the radiator to move forward. We had to cut up the entire floor pan and raise the tunnel for it to go in underneath the car, the gearbox. Yeah. And I have a friend of mine, P.O. McCarthy, he gives me a hand, a great man. Uh, finally got this thing in place, did all the mountings, got her in, yeah. and fired it up, and it looked like it looked like the head gasket was gone. It was just boiling over, and I had a lot of work done at this point, but um, 
the exchanges are like nothing else. If you don't have thermostats inside of these, they won't run. Right, they, okay, they won't run yes. So I had to put proper JAG thermostats in. And it started running okay, but endless, endless problems with it. Um, name something in an engine that had to be replaced. I had to do it in this car. Oh. Everything. Uh, fuel pump. Um, the electronic ignition. Sky. Uh, the, list, the list is all of it. Even the brain had to be opened up and cleaned out. Oh, the whole right. ECU had to go in as well. Um, so months of this aggravation and torment and I finally got it going finally got it driving only to find out that the gearbox was totally trashed inside oh my god yeah so um and I this was is, I presume this is still the, the, the XJS gearbox as well yes yeah the yeah. transmission yeah yeah so I, I I had gone too far into the project to, to stop now so I had to get a gearbox from the UK reconditioned and um but I couldn't take out the gearbox that was in it because it was fitted into the car to suit. And I couldn't take out the V12 again. It was just too big a job. Yeah. So it cut open the floor of the car. Oh, lads. I <laughs> feel you. I can feel your pain, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> to get out the gearbox, to open the car up, um, got it out, put in the new one. And we got her going, put her back on the ground. And this car, I can tell you, took off like an airplane. Yeah. It's... It, the front of the car lift off the ground nearly is so powerful um, not that I drive it like that yeah but, um, but still like it's nice to put down the shoe every now and then this is it's very like a Spitfire airplane the 12 cylinders when they fire up yeah and it's 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 like a turbine uh, the rev range when you rev it there's there's no turbine like there's nothing like that it's just sheer grunt and torque and power yeah. <laughs> How do you wind the back axle off of it? See, that's one of the problems I had as well, is the Jag back axle is designed to take the power. It's got a limited slip diff. Yeah. I used the Plymouth back axle, so there is a fear you could break the diff. You know, if you give it too much. Yeah, too much to give, give it too much welting. Yeah. But it is open to LA. Yeah. So yeah, um yeah. no, it's a it's a cruiser. It'll take speed alright, but not not too much. Um Yeah, but yeah, you but it's it's just comfort. And uh, do you know what the, yeah. the, the sound without you send me a picture of that engine inside in the car and folks if you haven't seen it like you know it's oh my god, it's just fantastic. It looks the part. I I, I still don't know how you got it in there. Um <laughs> Try it, from I, I, I don't know how it I I don't even know how to describe it. Like it'd be trying to, I suppose, filling a coke bottle with marbles <laughs> and trying to take them all out in one go without taking off the cover. <laughs> it's just, well, <laughs> I don't. I. 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 Pat. I. I definitely hope the starter or the alternator or nothing will ever go on it because. It, it would it would take it would definitely take a child's hands to get down to get at <laughs> part of the season like it's it's not as bad as the jag the jag was worse alright in fairness well, but Pat, I haven't I, said that I, I, I don't know what you'd have for the jag so because I've seen pictures of this thing and there, there is no room there's nothing <laughs> in it well having said that now we had to re-engineer the engine too um, the power steering pump had to come off and throw it away the um, uh, what did you want that for, like? 
Jo, det hade gått att säga att de får se under kan ju. Det visste jag inte gått. All ni hade blivit removed to another location because I had to cut the pulleys off the front of the engine, so I had to move it back because um, there's a ring of pulleys on the front. So I have two electric fans in the front to keep the engine cool. Uh, all cowled into itself uh, to rig up the oil cooler out to the front of the car, redesign the front valance in the car to drop it down to fit the oil cooler. Uh, very complicated, very complicated machine. Pat, Pat, <laughs> I, I never, I never saw your car in person, right? <laughs> Folks, I had, I had nothing to do with, with the restoration of Pat's car. I spoke to Pat for the first time about a week ago. But Pat, this car was giving me a headache. <laughs> it really is like, come on, you need to cut the pulleys off of it. <laughs> this this car was giving me a headache, Pat. <laughs> something pattern. <laughs> I make my own jigsaws. <laughs> yeah, out of Chrysler's <laughs> Jaguar engines. Oh God almighty. <laughs> oh my God. It was all fun. <laughs> oh look, we, we um, the, also the, the, the two, there's two exhaust pipes going out of the engine, two manifolds from back. Now I have two silences on one each side, but I ran back the pipes to the back and I brought out four two and a half inch diameter stainless steel exhausts on yeah. the back. So when you, when you when you go down a city or a town, the windows in the shops vibrate with the, <laughs> with the noise of this thing. It's it's not incredibly um noisy it's just this hum yeah does it reverberates uh, in in siding between buildings <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so it is a ferocious car to see it's it's got a real personality now to see yeah, yeah. yeah. pat if you Good. don't mind i must go in and yeah. get a drink of water after that and, uh, and we'll take a quick ad break folks <laughs> pat if you could stay with us for a few more minutes it's a panadol, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. thanks, man. You're tuned to Wisdom 102FM and Morgan O'Farty with Country Life. We're talking to, I don't know, we call him Pat Conroy or Pat the, the Jigsaw Man. Um, we'll be back after this. Thanks, man. How you doing, folks? You're very welcome back. You're tuned to Wisdom 102FM. I'm your host, Morgan O'Flaherty with Country Life. With us this morning, we have Pat, Pat Conroy. Pat from Kimalak. Pat was telling us. I suppose about his collection of Chrysler limousines. Pat, you were telling us there about um the car and I suppose you put the, the what you call it, the Jag engine into it and so on and so forth. But like um that car ended up in a couple of magazines as well, didn't it? Yeah, um Tom Healy was good enough to come again and photograph the Belvedere, which used to be at Harris and um did a feature on it. For Irish, hang on, that... Retro Classics magazine. All right, okay, yeah. They did the Retro Classics, and they did the story of the car that became a rotten disaster and turned into uh, this this retro thing 
Back from the Dead. And that's actually what they call the feature, Back from the Dead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Now, since then, uh, since the magazine was done that time, about a year ago, the body was fairly rough. I did it as a rat rod. So, because of all these lockdowns, we've taken the car more or less apart again. Um, redone the body, redone the engine, uh, seals, rocker cover gaskets, ball joints in the front, redid all those. I can still get parts from America. Brilliant. So we got those. I've done the dashboard and a console in the middle with a race counter. I'm working on the bonnet at a minute. Uh, I have a full-size American flag on the ceiling, the roof lot. Um, so we've made the magazine again this month. Irish Vintage Scene magazine. Fantastic. So it's in there on the spanners this month. Uh, again, thanks to Tommy Evie and Andrew Pollock for doing all that. Yeah. Great yeah. to have that. This is about the car, uh, the cars. Yes. And the journey they've been on. Because I'm only a custodian, really. I think these will be here long after we're gone. Yeah, they, they're going to be around for a long, long time, Joe. We'll be all gone and dusted, and there'll be someone else, hopefully, hope telling, so anyway, telling the story. I hope so, yeah. 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 But um and we say I suppose if you look getting on the getting into Irish vintage scene is is a, a big deal in itself, but getting on the front cover of these magazines, that's a fantastic achievement. Yeah, I was pretty chuffed with that. Um yeah, I was really pleased with that. They they do like the story as well. Um but these are Irish built. I mean even getting back to the history of these cars. Yeah, that's the history there as well, you know. You were saying that there were right-hand drives. Um, yeah. But like there, there, there wasn't that many of them made, I presume. Uh, Chrysler had an assembly plant in Dublin. They were called Summerfields, and they were in Lower Baggage Street in Dublin between 1930 and, the 19, and, and 1960. Mm-hmm. They assembled Chrysler's, Plymouth's, Dodge up until 1960, and the last ones were the 1959 ones. Oh, right, okay. So 12 saloons came in and 24 limousines came in. And some of those limousines towards the end were left-hand drive. All right, okay, yeah. So we have one survivor in Dublin, a right-hand drive limousine similar to mine. Yes. Now that has green interior litter. Um, I've got the same car with red interior litter, another right-hand drive limo. That's the one that ended up in the doll and the Taoiseach's parking spot. So, uh, the saloon cars, 12 of them came in. There's only one of them in Ireland. That's the one I have. And as far as I know, there's only one left-hand drive in this. The other one I have. So, four survive out of 36. Yeah, the rest of them are gone for the scrap or for the bailer or buried in a ditch or something. They're gone. Uh, yeah. Look, they could, be, they could be lost somewhere in the shade like that one in Galway I found. But um, it's, it's, it's possible. It is possible, yeah. But it's, don't know. We have pictures of these cars in at Brendan Behan's funeral. There's f- three limousines, same as mine, and a hearse, same as m- what mine was, behind Brendan Behan's funeral in '65, going down O'Connell Street in Dublin. Oh yeah, you actually uh, sent me them pictures. I actually saw them pictures. Yeah, yeah. There's footage of that on YouTube as well. You can see that that hearse outside, and the limousines. And you can't make um, out the number plates on the footage, no. I can't see. I can see one limousine, and it's not mine. It, you know, I did some some things are lost. I suppose I, I I might find out more. I might. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the 
embassies used to buy these cars, funeral directors and state departments, but the state departments used to hire them off funeral directors. Right, okay, for, yes. For airport runs for the dignitaries and the people came in, you know, government bodies, things like that. So they were would have been at the higher end of it. Yeah. And I also have a picture of Walt Disney being chauffeured out of the Shelburne Hotel in 1959 in a brand new one um, in Dublin. So the cars, the cars, just brand new. Uh, would have been a big deal because he was here for the launch of Derby O'Gill in 59. Oh yeah, Derby O'Gill and the little people, yeah. That's it, that's the one, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Actually, a, yeah. a small bit of, I suppose, completely different, useless information is yeah. I, that they believe, and I, I believe it anyway, that um, Walt Disney came up with the idea of Mickey Mouse when he was staying in South Kerry with Charlie Chaplin. No. How about that? Flatten your pipe and smoke it. How did, uh, where did the mouse come into it over there? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's for another, that's for another show, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But go, I, go on in a way, your, your, your limousine and, and Walt Disney. That, that, there's a photograph of one of them, um, not my car again. Uh, the Gentry used to buy them as well. There was one that ended up in Bor Castle. And that car survives today in Dublin. That's the one that's, that's belonged to the collector in Dublin. Brilliant. That would have been a stately home. So since, uh, since we've been back on the road in our cars, I've had the limousine in... Dublin, we've had a, the Richard Harris Film Festival for a launch there one night, and there's a place called the Kennedy Rooms in Brough, headed over there for the JFK connection yeah. as a launch. Now, the limo took more attention than, than the building, but it was, it was good yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably yeah. as big. And I do have a connection with the, my hearse, uh, featured on the cover of a book that Dave Cullen has. Um, it's called A Pictorial History of the Irish Hearse, 1800 to 2010. Right, okay. And there's, there's my hearse uh, right on the front cover. So, yeah. They're all, they're all important little bits of uh, information. They are, of course, yeah. They are, of course. After the yeah. cars' journeys, yeah. yeah. I, I was very intrigued very interested to hear when I spoke to you last week about the, uh, the JFK connection. Because, like, everyone, everyone in Ireland, like, I remember my, my grandparents um, in their house, there were two pictures up on the wall. One picture was the Pope. Yeah. And then next to it was the, was John F. Kennedy. But yeah. there was that much thought of him. So everyone, Aye. you know, the amount of people that probably saw your car in that convoy but and maybe are listening to it now, this, this was possibly, very, very possibly one of the cars. It was a huge event at the time, yeah. Yeah, massive. Course, yeah, it was a massive, massive event, like, yeah. So, yeah, um, uh, you know Dave, Dave Corn with the hearse back in... Yeah, Dave, Dave came on with us a few times and Dave talked about different things. Dave has a plan that he's going to come on in a couple of weeks. He's doing a bit of research at the moment on Rolls-Royce. So Looking forward to that, yeah. He's going to come on, he's going to talk to us about Rolls-Royce in a couple of weeks' time. Um, probably a year before last, myself and Dave arranged to take two Plymouths and his hearse to a cars and coffee in Limerick. So we rendezvoused outside of there and um, 
we drove, he was in front with the hearse, I was next with the my ex-hearse, yeah. and a friend of mine, P.O. McCarthy, in the limo. So the three of us in the procession drove around the Limerick bypass, down through the city, and showed up at Cars and Coffee in these, these we, we actually thought people had an accident. They were hanging out windows of cars, uh, <laughs> driving past us. <laughs> there was people driving behind us with the cameras over the steering wheel um, to see the three of these on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Heading, heading into the city, it was just fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, fantastic yeah. sight. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, yeah. Hopefully we'll be back on the road again soon. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be we'll be up and running again. Tell me, I suppose, slightly veering away from your cars, um, and Chrysler in Dublin. Now, I suppose a lot of people might know it, and I I didn't definitely didn't know it until very very recently, but going back from kind of the thirties up until the sixties, Chrysler was a big big player in the in the Irish car market. Okay. And so on. I didn't realize that uh, Chrysler was sold. That there was a lot of Chryslers. I suppose they were assembled and sold here. Would you know a lot about that history, or? I don't. Um, as far as I know, it there was a Roots Group based Chrysler mm-hmm. in later years. Um, they were a separate group to the the crowd that finished up in nineteen fifty nine. Oh, okay. I, I I think they were. St- they were a separate identity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think to the my very limited knowledge on them, I think there was actually a Chrysler dealer in Listole. Just so I think you're, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. It was um, my hearse ended up in Fireys. All right. Um, yes. Back in 1972, and that's where Colin Williams found it. it was in Fireys. So he brought he bought it there in the late 80s. Fantastic. So there, we have, we have a Kerry connection there as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, but it's fantastic to preserve that and like the history of them. And you know, I can hear it in your voice that you are, you are passionate about it. Do you know. <laughs> You'd want to be. You'd yeah. want to be. <laughs> is it passionate or is it just a, a bit of madness? But your look, <laughs> like the man says, there's, there's a very fine line between the two. It, it, it's 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 hard to distinguish at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, from when it was completely out of that car, the hearse, um, to what it is today, you would you would have said it was impossible. You would have. Yeah. So you know anything is possible. Now I did have a really strong chassis to walk on, but um, it does depend on how far you want to take it. Yes. How, how much? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't money like, really. It was, it was just walk. It, it when like when you go that far. It doesn't come down to, I suppose, it doesn't come down to money. It, it kind of comes down to love and and the, the project and everything else. If you go counting the money and, and keeping track of the money, you just... Oh, God, no. Forget about that. Don't even, don't even, that's not even, don't even talk about that. Like, my wife often says yeah. to me when I'd be looking at tractors and I'd be looking at doing up a tractor in the shed, she'd say to me, she said, you know, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't be doing up tractors the whole time as I can't afford to be doing them up. But she said to me, you should keep all the receipts. Oh, God, no. No, no. I, I, if I go over to Clifford's and Ballymac to buy something for the for the tractor, and they'd say to me, do you want a receipt? No, no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Forget about that. Forget about that plan. But, um, no. Yeah. And tell me, Pat, I suppose, 
what's in the plan? What's 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 the if another Chrysler came up, if this one in Dublin came up, would you buy it? That that car is where exactly where it should be. Um, that man, he's a great man, Kevin Hearn is his name. He he probably would never sell it. Um, no, I probably wouldn't. Um, I have the other limo, which is missing a piece of roof, which I would consider building into a camper car, like an estate. Right. Uh, with a diesel engine, not nothing like a V12 for again. Yeah. Um, and this no. is a diesel or something. I to pull it. Yeah. To pull it. <laughs> my my limo that has the 2.6 Toyota engine made a round trip to Dublin in 50 euro. Hey, that wasn't bad. That was that was way better than my Toyota Rav. I can tell yeah, you. Without a doubt, definitely. No, I, that I, wasn't bad at all. I can't. I can't go to Charleville in New York. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I can, I, uh, I, I can imagine that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's an awful lot of fun. So that's okay too, like, yeah, just, yeah, that's brilliant. That, that's just, just priceless. But look, we're constantly touching them up, doing work, um, wiring, interior lights, getting, getting all these loose ends fixed. Yeah. Uh, there's always something. These things are never, ever finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you you'll possibly agree with me here Pat you know like I'm going to vintage shows since the early 90s but like I've made some fantastic friends fantastic yeah. friends yeah. through the vintage and it, it's 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 not so much I suppose it's a hobby or whatever but it, it just becomes a passion for so many people and it is because we're not into sorry a lot of lads in cars are not into sport no and yeah. they're probably not into drinking much. Uh, so this is their only their only thing. Drinking fast? So, yeah. if, if they have a couple of cars, they can't afford to go drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, everything in moderation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Except the cars and tractors. Oh, deep in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but you're, you're dead right. A lot of people that are into vintage cars and into vintage tractors and all, and they, they they don't they're not they're not pub going people they're they're no. their outing is a cars and coffee or a vintage yes. show or a classic car drive or something or a tractor drive um exactly. every yeah. every sunday from i suppose from easter around till october and then they get yeah. from october whenever i suppose fixing them and putting them back and polishing them and getting them ready for next year this is it. It's like the, uh, uh, fell in the shed, walking away there, tinkering, pottering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's brilliant. And like I said, I keep telling people, like, you don't need to go away and buy a tractor. You don't need to go away and buy a Chrysler, a limousine, and do a full nut and bolt <laughs> restoration. You can start, no. off, start off with a high Nelly bicycle. Absolutely. Start yeah. off with a couple of a collection of oil cans. Actually, they fell on there a couple of weeks ago. Brendan Griffin and he spoke to us about his oil can collection. And like I was listening, yeah, very really interesting. He told us that you, you could buy an oil can at a car boot sale or on eBay or something like that for two and three euros. Do you know? This is it. Just start off with a couple of things, and if you go to a show with a couple of bits and pieces, someone will say, "Oh, I've one of them at home. I, I, I give me a ring yeah. and I'll give you that, or I'll sell it to you, or whatever." And sure, look, it, it's, it's, it's like you said about your own cars; they're being preserved. They're going to be there for the next generation, yeah. thanks to you and whoever else is at, at, at this kind of stuff. Hopefully, 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 yeah. hopefully. Aye. So, Pat, I suppose that's kind of it. 
we we can't talk about any more really. No, like I always say, we could talk for hours, but that's it in the story. No, I might I might see you on the road or I'll show us from there. Hopefully, you hopefully, yeah. You know, when, when when we get up and running again and we get over what we're going through at the moment, and we'll be back to normal very very shortly. It would be nice just to get out on the road, even if just for a spin. Um, yeah. It's it's good for the cars as well. It's very bad for the brakes and the few lines have them sitting in sheds for long periods of time. It is yeah. indeed, yeah. It is indeed, yeah. It is indeed. Even if even you drive around the block or just a mile down the road and come back, um, the cars need it. They need it. Whether that's allowed or not, I'm not sure. They, they need it, Pat, and I think we need it as well. Oh, badly, badly, Perfect. yeah. Pat? Your gentleman, thank you so Morning. much for your time. Been a pleasure, man. Been a pleasure. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Talk soon. Cheers. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that. I absolutely love talking to Pat. You can hear in his voice how passionate he was um, about his limousines, about his cars. And what a story from the JFK to the, the one in Galway to the everything else. Brilliant. And how he got that engine into the car, I'll never ever know. I don't think he knows himself. I think he should. Pat, if you're listening, you'll be a great man at a jigsaw. Tell me, folks, that's kind of it for ourselves. Um, like I said before, give a look on... Um, on I can't even think of the name of it now. My head is fried from that. But um, Pat, I still have a headache after your cars. Um, podcasts. All these shows are on a podcast. There are some fantastic podcasts out there. There's podcasts related to David Brown tractors. There's a podcast now related to Pat Pat Conroy's um, Chrysler cars, limousines and hearses and convertibles and everything else. Absolutely brilliant. Um, give a look at the podcast. Very easy to find. Go into your search engine, Google or whatever, and go Morgan O'Flaherty Country Life. And it's one of either the first or second that it comes up. Um, other than that, give a look at the YouTube. Um, we're putting videos up there kind of every couple of weeks. And um, hopefully the plan is that we might be able to put up videos after this lockdown in relation to um, to the radio. We might try and tie them in together. If we do, if we do a, a radio program on Fords, we'll try and do a video on Fords and so on and so forth. Uh, keep an eye out for that. So hopefully when we get out of this lockdown... We might, that's the plan, that's the way we might work it out. Like I said, YouTube, very easy find, just go in, Morgan O'Flaherty, and um, you'll get me that way. That's kind of it for myself, so for the today. Um, thanks again to, to Pat there for coming on, which was brilliant, fantastic. Couldn't thank you enough, Pat. And of course, thanks to Patrick, Patrick Sheehan, for putting all this together for us and making it making it radio ready, was what we call it. Thanks, Patrick. We would be no place without you. And, of course, Patrick looks after all the, the podcasts and he puts them up every every Friday about 12 o'clock. They kind of go up around that time. So get on to the podcast and send them on. Send it on if you like the show. Send it on to whoever um, whoever you might know that might have a Chrysler car or might have an interest in cars or tractors or whatever. Send them on the link and they can um, they can go from there. That's kind of it for myself. Um Next week, what, let me think, what have we next week? Um, with Trevor Mitchell. Trevor Mitchell is going to come on with us next week and Trevor is going to talk to us about what is a classic car and what is not a classic car and classic car insurance and so on and so forth. And we might actually ask Trevor about what Peter Love told us there last week about um, 
how the vintage cars and vintage tractors in England over 30 years are now tax exempt because the government felt that the people with the vintage cars and the vintage tractors do so much fundraising it was their way of giving it back to the people a small bit it's just to say thank you so we will quiz Trevor on that next week um, that's kind of it for myself thanks very much for tuning in and thanks again to Patrick thanks again to Pat and um, I'll talk to you all next week stay safe out there and um, thanks for tuning in goodbye now you have been listening to Country Life with Morgan O'Flaherty on West Limerick 102 FM It's West Limerick 102 in the morning.